Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. And welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. Hello and welcome to episode 523. Well, I survived college move-in day. Yay! I waited to record this episode until the day after we dropped my son off at college, which was yesterday. And I wanted to share some more about the process that I went through, the emotional experience that I went through, in case it helps any of you who are getting ready to send your kids off to college or just in general to help you as your kids grow and develop and reach new phases, leave one phase and enter a new phase of life. So I feel like I have been mentally preparing myself for my oldest boy to go away to college since he was very young, five, six, seven years old. But boy, I don't think there's any amount of preparation you can really do um, that is going to make the whole process easy and unemotional. So over the past... Well, for many years, I've envisioned that college drop-off day, the move-in day. I've looked, I've watched the photos of friends that I have on Facebook who have dropped their kids off over the years. The dorm pictures, the hugs next to the college signs, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I've tried to put myself in that position to prepare for it. Over the last, I'll say maybe like three weeks, I've been surprised at how emotional I've been. My emotions are generally, because of my personality and my nature, my emotions are generally pretty even keeled. I don't experience uh, high swings of emotions, up or down, left or right, what have you. But these last few weeks, I've been much more emotional than usual as I think about uh, him going away. I remember when he, was, when he turned nine, I realized that his childhood, quote-unquote, the official legal definition of his childhood was half over, and I remember feeling a sense of sadness and a f- sense of an- anxiety that, he, that it, it was already half over and he was only nine. It just didn't seem like Uh, possible. (laughs) So I've been thinking about this for a long time. So the past three weeks, I've been emotional. I've been up one day, down the next, 
content and fine and calm one day, sad the next. Excited and happy for him, really sad the next. And I've been bouncing around, riding this roller coaster of emotions, just trying not to make too much of them or weave or create any stories about them and really just pay attention to how I was feeling. And then on Saturday, we had a tiny graduation party with family, like our close family and a couple of friends. And outside in the backyard, of course, spread out all over the backyard, no clumps of people or anything like that. But um, it was so lovely. My son had a wonderful time. He was happy. He was having fun. A couple of his friends were here. They were swimming. They were playing volleyball. Well, they were playing Nukem. They were just hanging out and having fun. They played cards later on in the evening. It was just wonderful. Then the next morning, he had to he had signed up for to play in a volleyball tournament. So he had to leave at 5.20 in the morning. And then he was gone all day. And it was a gray, rainy day. He ended up playing in the rain. But it was a gray, rainy day. And I was so... My emotions were so heavy. I was so sad. And Sunday was definitely my the hardest day for me. And what I realized last week was that I was grieving. Part of what I was experiencing was the grief process. I was grieving the, which, which I've experienced before with him, grieving the closing of one phase of his life in his childhood, and while at the same time celebrating the new phase that he was entering. And this is a very clearly defined ending and beginning. The end of him living at home, full-time, being a K-12 through student, and the beginning of him moving on to campus and um, being a college kid. And if the virus allows, being away from home for three months until he comes back for winter break. And... So I was definitely, a, I became aware last week that I was experienced, I was going through the grieving process. And just understanding that helped me to um, not feel so heavy and so sad. Then Sunday, I found myself tearing up. I teared up out of the blue, five different times, where I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but um, have you ever felt that feeling when you're ready, when you begin tearing up, the your lower eyelids get kind of tingly, and then tears, wetness fills up into your eyes? Not when you're crying, but when, you're tear, when you tear up, either because you're moved by something you see or you hear or you read, or you experience something moving. It could be moving, not sad, but moving. It could be 
uh, tearing up as your child walks across the stage at graduation as they perform in their school play when they're little. So it could be tearing up over moving, sentimental, warm, fuzzy feelings, or it could be tearing up over something sad as well. But your, your eyes get kind of tingly, and then they get wet. That's what I experienced five different times on Sunday. And then, and, and the, it just came out of the blue, and I didn't end up crying, but I teared up, and I felt so heavy and so sad on Sunday. And what I realized is that it actually felt like I was going through emotional labor. I remember being in labor when the contractions would happen and they would be, you know, you had to time how long they were and how far apart they were and everything. And even though it happened only five times, it didn't happen you know, every five minutes, like labor really does on Sunday. The, that tearing up was a regular thing that was happening on Sunday. And I said, oh my gosh, I am going through emotional, I'm in emotional labor right now. And what am I going through emotional labor to do? I am working to birth an adult that is the realization I had on Sunday. I'm going through emotional labor because I'm preparing to birth an adult. That was Sunday. And then Monday morning, the sun was out again. It was nicer weather, and I felt better. I had really done the emotional heavy lifting and the labor on Sunday. I felt better on Monday. I felt better on Tuesday. And then we, oh, well, I guess I should also say it was lovely because we got steamed crabs on Monday, something that we like to do each summer, one time each summer. And I realized last week that we hadn't done it yet um, this summer and my son would be leaving on Wednesday. And so we talked, I talked with him about it and we planned to do it on Monday so Monday happened to be a Sixers playoff game, and we all gathered around the table, including my mother-in-law and my niece who had come home for the game. We gathered around the table, and we ate crabs, and we watched the game. And my heart was so full looking around the room at my loved ones here together. And then Tuesday... We had dinner together, and I looked around the table again, just the five of us, and my heart was full to bursting as I looked around, and I just kind of soaked in my son's presence. And then after dinner, my husband and he and I sat down and watched the Phillies game, just the three of us, and it was wonderful. And I kept looking over at him and trying to take a mental snapshot of his long body sprawled out on the reclining chair and how much I love and enjoy being in his presence while being aware how much I would miss him, but just how much I just love him and how excited I am for this new chapter of his life. And 
So then Wednesday morning came and we had to get up at 5 a.m. in order to get to his school on time. And as soon as I opened my eyes, I thought, this is it. Today's the day. This is the day I've been thinking about and preparing for for years and years and years. Today's the day and I'm actually ready. And so <clears throat> we got up. <clears throat> Excuse me, we had already packed the car the night before. But we got up, we gathered our stuff, and we hit the road, and we drove. And my son was out cold in the back seat the whole ride up, because he doesn't like to get up at 5 a.m., as I don't either. Um, but it was, I did thoroughly enjoy watching the sunrise as I drove. And I really enjoyed, I try to enjoy every moment of the experience. So we arrived. We put our masks on, we got out of the car, we checked in to the check-in area, got his key, and we set about moving him in. We moved all of his stuff in, and then the three of us sat in his room and unpacked it. And my husband and I uh, didn't even really talk about that, how the unpacking would go, but I knew that it wasn't something we had to discuss and prepare for. So we helped him unpack his stuff and hang up his clothes and put them in drawers and stuff. And each time, like when we got to the bathroom stuff, there were three drawers to choose from because he has a sink and a, a cabinet in his room and his roommate didn't move in until today. So when we got to the bathroom stuff, I said, which drawer would you like to put this in? Where would you like to put that? What kind of clothes do you want in this drawer? And so we completely let him, as we should have, decide how to set his room up. And we were just the workers and the helpers. And so he made all the decisions. We put the stuff where he wanted it to go. It was very smooth, very pleasant, very enjoyable. And uh, my, at one point, my husband and my son were kind of uh, making fun of me because I was, I helped him to be so overly prepared. Uh, for example, I bought him a little uh, mini toolbox and a first aid kit and all these kinds of things. So they were poking fun at me for being too prepared. Well, I had the last laugh because we went back upstairs before we went out to have lunch with him. My son and I went back upstairs and while we were in there, he had to use the bathroom before we left again. Well, the setup of his dorm is that uh, one room will have two kids in it and then it will have a bath. It will have its own bathroom that's also connected to another room. So basically every two rooms share a bathroom. So he and his roommate share a bathroom with the RA on the floor. So it's three of them sharing a bathroom. The bathroom is between the two rooms, if you can imagine. So each door in the bathroom has a lock on it so that you can lock both sides out when you're showering or using the bathroom. So as soon as I used the bathroom, I came out and I said, oh, you'll have to be really careful because you lock both sides, but if you don't remember to unlock the other side, you're going to lock the other person out of your out of the bathroom. So, okay, we go back into his room to drop off the last bit of stuff, 
And he says, before we go, I have to use the bathroom. So he goes to open the door, and wouldn't you know it, it's locked. The RA must have used the bathroom and forgot to unlock it. So he goes next door to knock on the door to ask him to unlock it. The RA is not even in his room. So now he's got to use the bathroom, and he's locked out. Well, there, we noticed that there was a tiny sticker under the handle that says, if you get locked out, you just put a screwdriver in, and you'll be able to unlock the door. Great, that's brilliant because you know this is an inevitable thing that's going to happen. So I said, oh, I've, just, I've got just the thing. Let me grab that toolbox. So we grabbed the toolbox and I tried to stay out of it. I tried to let my son figure out how to put the screwdriver in, how to unlock it, trying to let him stand on his own. Now, interestingly, he tried with a tiny screwdriver and was unsuccessful. So he asked me to give it a try. I tried, I was unsuccessful. Then he went back into the toolbox and got a bigger screwdriver and was easily able to unlock the door. So he figured it out on his own, which was fabulous. I was there to step in only when he asked for my help, but I wanted him to try first. And similarly, we bought him a universal remote for his television because we forgot to bring the remote up for the TV. And so while he was in the bathroom, I was looking at the instructions and I was, I was deciding whether I should help set the remote up or leave it for him. So when he came out of the bathroom, I said, would you like me to attempt to set up this remote or would you like to do it later? And he said, leave it there. I'll do it later. And that was that. And I put it on his bed and that was the end of it. So the entire experience was very, very calm, very pleasant, just the three of us. It was so fun. I was so excited for him and I enjoyed every minute of it. And then afterwards, we he wanted to go to, um, uh, to Subway for lunch. So we went and got Subway and then we came back to his dorm and we ate across the street on a, a bench that faces the water because his dorm it's kind of right on the river, even though you can't see it because they've built a huge, a tall walkway that's up high. So you can't really see the water, but you can go under this little overpass and get to, um, get to see the water. So we sat over there and we ate lunch. And then we talked about how college was a fresh start, a chance to make new friends your who you were and your reputation and what people knew about you from kindergarten or first grade doesn't come with you. This is your chance to just start fresh, make new friends, keep the old, of course, from home, but make new friends. And, and really, this is a new whole chapter for you and how great it is. And we talked about that. And then we talked about, you know, being responsible and not drinking too much in college and just being safe with those kinds of typical college things. We had a lovely chat and then I insisted on getting a couple pictures with him next to the, um, the school name that was on the post. And then he walked us to the car because he had to get something out of it. And then we hugged him goodbye. He said, I'll see you in a couple weeks because he wants to come home and uh, playing a volleyball tournament 
And that was that. And then I watched him walk off into the sunset towards his dorm. And I got in the car and we left and I felt okay. I didn't cry. I didn't feel like an emotional wreck. And I know that some people do and that's fine. And I know that some people don't and that's fine. But I didn't know how I would feel. And I actually felt pretty good. I was able to really be excited for him while also knowing that I would miss him as well. And I knew that I had turned the corner. So let me say this. I I was aware that I had done the emotional labor for a long time, and particularly at its most intense, I was doing it on Sunday. So I was ready to take him on Wednesday. I was ready to embrace and feel the joy and the excitement for this new chapter that he is so excited about. But I realized that I was turning a corner on Tuesday when I started thinking about what life will be like when he's at school and he's not home. And one of the things I realized is that we will, I said, I thought we can go, my husband and I and our younger son and our daughter can do things like drive to the city and walk around and grab some food and sit outside on a bench or something and eat dinner and walk around. And it'll be so much fun. And this is something that he hated doing. He hates going to the, he does not like cities. He doesn't like to walk around. He doesn't like that kind of thing. He's very much a homebody. He likes to watch sports on TV. He likes to play sports. He doesn't like to be a tourist. He doesn't like traveling. So we, as he's been older and more opinionated, we haven't done a whole lot of that as a, a family because he it's miserable when we do it. So I realized, oh my gosh, we can go back to doing some of that stuff that the four of us enjoy that he doesn't. Then he doesn't get left out, but he doesn't also have to get forced to do something he wanted. And I was aware in that moment that I'm turning the corner. I'm starting to be able to see the positives with this new chapter of his life, not only for him, but also for us. And so I did the hard emotional labor to be ready to send him off with joy and happiness and excitement for him. So I really wanted to share all of this with you because if you are getting ready to send your child off, whether it's this summer or whether it's next year or the year after or the year after, I hope that this episode really helps you because I I think that I really did a good job to prepare myself well. And I allowed all the feelings and I sat with all the feelings and I didn't try to push the feelings away. All the stuff that I'm always talking about And I really deeply experienced the benefit of this kind of practice. And so I hope this helps you as much as it helped me because this is the first full day of him being away and I'm in a good place mentally. Uh, It also helped, before I go, I'll also say that I wondered about keeping in touch with him him calling me, me calling him, texting, visiting, like what's what's the right frequency, what is beneficial for him, 
I want to make sure he doesn't feel like we abandoned him, but I also don't want him to forget that we exist. You know, I didn't talk to him about it because it, I didn't feel like it was a conversation he would want to have or even have any idea. Like, how do you know how often you want to talk to your parents before you leave? So, um, I left yesterday not knowing when I might be in contact with him again, and I just figured I would see how it goes. Well, a couple hours after we left, after we got home, he called me, and I was so overjoyed to see his number pop up on my phone. And he called me to say that he had gone to visit one of the volleyball players who is on the team up there, who will be his teammate, and he got him to sign up for, the teammate got my son to sign up with him to play in a doubles grass volleyball tournament on Saturday. And he's very excited about it and called to tell me this. And it turns out that eight of the 16 players on the team are all playing, you know, it doubles with each other, you know, two, um, four sets of two teams. And so he's really looking forward to that. And then he was, he had gone to get some lunch or some dinner at the cafeteria. And then he was planning to um, sit in the lounge area where they're allowed to socially distance. There's a TV and he was going to watch the Sixers playoff game last night. So I felt so good that I allowed him to be the first one to call because I don't want to hang on to him. I want him to kind of figure this out and share the parts with me that he wants to and I felt so good after he hung up. We had a five-minute phone call, and it just did so much for my heart. I was so happy. And if he hadn't called yesterday, I would have been okay with that too. But today I wake up and I feel like I'm in a really good spot, and I feel like my relationship with him is in a really good spot, and I know that we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out as we go. So hopefully... This brings you some ideas, comfort, guidance, whatever, inspiration as you begin to look potentially ahead to uh, entering this phase with your children. Uh, and then, as always, I thank you for listening to my podcast. Uh, please share it with anyone who you think would also benefit from it. And if you haven't done so yet, please stop by iTunes and leave me a review. This helps other parents to find my podcast as well. So that wraps up today's episode. Wherever you are in this world, I hope that you make it a joyful day for yourself. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to erin at erin-taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. 
I am here to help you.